Okay, looks looks like uh, we have a pandemic in our church right now. <laughs> it's a <clears throat> little discouraging to think of uh, the number of folks that <clears throat> have just quit coming on Wednesday night since uh, our our uh, COVID-19 lockdown. They kind of got used to not coming. You know, before before we had this pandemic, we were doing averaging probably around 40, 45 on Wednesday nights, and and to, uh, to see our attendance growing strong on Sunday morning and then uh, falling off on the weeknights isn't a good sign because it uh, it gives us the understanding that that our people are not as faithful as they used to be. And they stop dropping out on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. And next thing you know, they they won't be coming for Sunday school. We'll have a large crowd for Sunday morning, and then that can dwindle down. Because people <clears throat> need more than just one hour Amen. with God's people. We need, uh, we need to be faithful every time the doors are open. And we're getting a number of folks that are saying, well, Pastor, I'm a little concerned for my health and watching uh, the news and listening to all the CDC reports and guidelines, feel like I need to back away for a while. Well, that's exactly what they want from us. If you follow the CDC guidelines, you, you really need to get this uh, COVID-19 vaccine, even though it's not FDA approved, even though <clears throat> there are numbers of people that have died from blood clots and other issues from receiving the vaccine. They still say it's safe to use, even though Johnson & Johnson has pulled their vaccine and Pfizer is backing away with some of their vaccine. Uh, it's still safe to use. So, and if you've had COVID-19 and you've gotten over it and your immune system got you through, uh, they're, they're already telling uh, those that have received the vaccine uh, that um, you need to let those people know that they're not invited to any of your social gatherings unless they wear a mask and and they do their social distancing because they haven't received the vaccine. And uh, it's, it's getting pretty hairy out there. I was listening to a program this afternoon on the news or on the Christian radio broadcast and uh, they were talking about a number of situations and, and different reportings that are going on where people are being told to back away from family members that refused to receive the vaccine. Uh, Dr. Dobson focused on the family. I was told this morning I had a special segment. It, it was either last night or this morning on one of his programs uh, where he was uh, documenting all the various cases out there where in different places people are being encouraged to stay away from those that have not received the vaccine. So we're, we're seeing our nation becoming divided over this situation. Uh, and uh, if you have the vaccine, then you shouldn't have to worry about anyone that has COVID because that's what the vaccine is supposed to do. It's supposed to protect you from the virus. And so why would you have to worry about being around someone that has not had the vaccine? If you've had the vaccine, the vaccine's doing what it's supposed to do. None of that makes any sense. So. But uh, that's where we're at right now. And 
Uh, I don't know if any of you ever pay attention to Spectrum One News, but uh, this morning they were talking about in Los Angeles County how that there are a number of people are not coming to these special sites that they've set up to give people the vaccines. So what they're going to start doing is they're start going to start going to where the people are at, wherever they uh, gather. They'll be going to those places, to the malls and uh, to their places of worship and setting up their vaccine sites to encourage people uh, to get their vaccine. And so if they do that in, in Los Angeles County, they'll be doing it here. I'll be setting up a little booth out there in the parking lot encouraging people, hey, if you have your vaccine, come over here if you haven't. I mean, it's getting that bad. You go into Walgreens and there's someone standing there at the door. Have you had your vaccine? No. Well, we're giving vaccines. They're free. Would you like to sign up? No, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, But we're told that that vaccine is the band-aid to the problem. But there are outbreaks that are taking place right now. India is having some serious outbreaks. And so they're having outbreaks in Europe and other places. You can, as you heard there in Chile, and there are outbreaks already uh, moving them back into lockdown situations. So this thing is not going to wait. It's not going to go away because they don't want it to go away. Anyway, <clears throat> thank you, folks, for being here tonight. Do we have anyone live streaming tonight? You got five. Oh, seven. Oh, well, thank you, folks, for live streaming. So we're looking at Lesson 49. We're dealing with Proverbs 26. This is an interesting passage of Scripture because it gets into the slothfulness of uh, those that um, tend to move a little slow about things and, and a little lazy about things. And we can apply this spiritually as well. Uh, and then also we deal with... Uh, uh, various attitudes like the meddler, the madman, the bad man, the tailbearer, the bitter man. So we want to get right into this study tonight. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, verse number 11, talks about uh, our right kind of attitude uh, as we live out our Christian lives, uh, not to be slothful in business. He also says in chapter 14 of Romans, in verse number 19, that that uh, we need to be very careful to, uh, to follow after peace and brotherly love. In fact, he says, let us therefore follow after those things or after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify another. And so tonight we want to get into those things that do edify. That's what this segment of uh, Proverbs as we look at chapter 26 through 29, deals with. It deals with edification, gives us some alerts. And then we talked about some comparisons, and we'll talk about more comparisons. But now we get into some edifications. He edifies us on slothfulness, where we read in verse number 13 through verse number 16, the slothful man. The slothful man is like the sloth. He moves rather slowly. He says in uh, verse number 13, there's a line in the way. A line is in the street. Talks about the slothful man at the door turneth upon the hinges or as the door turneth upon the hinges, so doth the slothful man upon his bed. Verse number 15, the slothful hideth his hands in his bosom. It griefeth him to bring it again to his mouth. 
And it goes on to say, Then the slugger, while he's more wiser than his own conceit, than seven men that can render a reason. So <clears throat> there we see several things. First of all, slothful people, uh, they're very slow to move. They don't realize that danger is there. And when danger is there, they're very slow to move away from danger. Christians are like that. We can be slothful, on our, slothful in our spiritual earth. Uh, slow to move away from those things that we should repent of. Uh, slow to get out of bed. It's almost like the door that has hinges. Sometimes people have hinges to the bed. <laughs> and, and so they're just somehow hinged to the bed and they're not going to get out of bed. If they get out of bed, it's just for a little while and they're back in bed. Well, can you, what a sad life. You know, the, the elderly people live like that. They just get depressed and they get, well, they don't have nothing to do, so they just stay in bed all day. And next thing you know, you know, they're home with the Lord. And then there are those that, regardless how much it hurts, they get out of bed and they stay active. And then we see those that are slow. <clears throat> those that are slothful, sometimes they're so lazy, it's painful to get out of bed just to eat. <laughs> You know, Mama, feed me. Mama, bring food to me. <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, why don't you get up and fix it yourself? No, I'm too tired. And so they want to be spoon-fed. And then we have uh, those that they call the slugger, that is like the slothful. Uh, they, they don't realize in their own ignorance how foolish they sound when they try to uh, reprove and rebuke those that are wiser that in some way try to encourage them and help them to alert them to their problem. That's what it means here that the slugger is wiser than his own conceit and seven, seven men that can render a reason. In other words, slow to realize he is ignorant of his condition. And there's some out there that just simply refuse to believe that they are slothful, that they are sluggers, that they do have problems in those areas. Um, and so they think they're wiser than those that try to help them, and they reprove those that try to help them. They don't want to hear it. Uh, no, they don't want to be told about uh, their problem, and yet they continue to be lazy, and someone reproves them, so why don't you get up from your lazy hind end and do something, and then uh, and all of a sudden they're wiser than the person that at least has, you know, enough love and concern to tell them to get off from their lazy uh, keisters and get busy for whatever they need to get busy with. We, have a, we live in a day and a time where we see more of this than ever before. Uh, I forgot now, I'm trying to think of what state it is. I just got through reading it in, on my little uh, uh, news app that I have. I think it's the state of Montana, or maybe it's... Was it Wyoming or Montana? They do not want any more federal aid to help with unemployment because they say that they've got more work than they have workers right now that make themselves available. And that people just don't want to work. And uh, they're, they're, they're withholding unemployment because <clears throat> they have such a huge demand out there in, in this one state. It's either Montana or Wyoming for employment. And yet, uh, they just don't have the workers to do the jobs. They're all on unemployment, so they're going to cut 
their lifeline of unemployment and hopefully that'll get them back to work. So <clears throat> we do have a problem like that. You know, well, <clears throat> you know why, why should I work when I can get enough to feed, feed my family and, and pay my bills and I can just stay at home and, and uh, enjoy it being hinged to the bed? And then we have in verse number 17, just one verse here that deals with the meddler. He that passeth by and meddleth with strife belongeth not to him is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. I don't think we need to say a whole lot about that. When you take a dog by the ears, usually you get bit. It does. <clears throat> Dogs don't like to be grabbed by the ears. And if the dog's big enough, it will bite you. And uh, there are some people that like to get involved in other people's problems. And when you do, they usually gang up on you. And uh, you're the one that ends up with the bad end of the deal. So it's better off just to let them fight it out. And if it gets too bloody, call for law enforcement or someone to help out. <laughs> and then you have the madman. That's an interesting concept here a madman as a mad man who casteth firebrands and arrows and death so is the man that deceiveth his neighbor and saith am not i in sport in other words you got someone out there and he's 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 upset with you and he's taking vengeance upon you and he's doing something that's illustrated here like someone that takes his bow and he takes his arrow and he points it the bow or the arrow toward his neighbor's house or his neighbor's farm and he lets those arrows go and so his fields are on fire and then the neighbor comes out there and he's ready to kill the guy and the guy oh man I was just joking <laughs> and <clears throat> so that's the analogy that is using and sometimes you know we 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 have it in for somebody and that somebody's bigger than you are and then whether you finally pushed him too far and he's ready to cut your head off and wait, wait I was just joking, I really didn't mean it. And the word of God says you need to be careful about going in that kind of direction. I don't know if that, that applies to any of us, but there it is for if it does. And then you have the talebearer, according to what we read in verse number twenty through twenty-three, we read where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So uh, where there is no tail bear, the strife ceaseth. It goes on to say, as coals to uh, burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a tail, tail bearer are as wounds, so they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. He goes on to say in verse number 23, burning lips. That's <laughs> kind of an interesting phrase, burning lips. Oh my goodness, that guy is so vicious. When he speaks, his lips are burning. Burning lips and a wicked heart are like posture covered with silver draws. So <clears throat> we have the characteristics here. For number one, we see that they seek to keep the strife going. Uh, there are some people that just don't want the strife to die out. And uh, so they're going to do everything that they can to keep the firebrands burning. 
Uh, they, they don't want the church in unity. They don't want families in unity. And so they're constantly doing whatever they can to keep the strife going and the conflicts continuing on. They won't let the fire burn out. Secondly, we see that they seek not only to keep the fire burning, but they have a reason for it. They want to destroy. They set out to destroy whatever it is that they're bitter at. We find <clears throat> that there are those that have destroyed churches as a result of that. Families are destroyed as a result of that. Mother-in-law gets bitter at her son-in-law. And she sets out to destroy that marriage. Um, <laughs> we, we know a little bit about that. And so <clears throat> and they constantly do whatever they can to keep that strife going. Thirdly, as we move on here, we find our <clears throat> that uh, not only do they th set out to destroy, but they masquerade as peacemakers. They, uh, <clears throat> kind of like uh, silverware. It's not really silverware, it's silver plated. You got a little, maybe uh, just a little a pinch of silver that's stretched over the entire fork. That pinch of silver is not worth anything because it is so such a small amount and it's plated over uh, rusty steel uh, and it's always called silverware when it's really not silverware. And if you read real carefully, you'll find out that it's not silverware because usually it's got stamped somewhere on that that it's silver plated. And so <clears throat> he's in reference to silver plated uh, people that... Uh, they, they talk with flattery, they talk with love, and they're plated with that love, but it's a feigned love. It's not real. Uh, beneath, the, beneath the skin of all that flattery and that love is nothing but bitterness and corruption. You need to be careful of those kind of people. They masquerade as people that want to help you and want to reconcile churches and homes and and they're constantly talking behind your back. And then we see in verses 24 through verse number 28, the bitter. And it, you notice it just keeps getting badder as we go along in these verses here. He says, he that hateth dissembleth with his lips. He layeth up deceit within him. When he speaketh fair, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart, whose hatred is covered by deceit. There's that silverware again. Uh, his wickedness shall be shewed. That's an old English word which means revealed or showed before the whole congregation. Whoso diggeth a pit shall fall therein. And he that rolleth a stone, it will return upon him. For the lying tongue or a lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it. And a flattering mouth worketh ruin. So <clears throat> here we are told that uh, we need to be careful to watch out for bitter people. Bitter people are usually deceptive people. They in a pretentious sort of way, uh, feign love toward you, but it is a silver-plated love. 
they flatter you, they give gifts while they're behind your back speaking evil of you, while they're out to destroy you. I remember as a young pastor, I had to learn the hard way about these kind of people. Someone would say, you know, I don't believe that brother likes you, pastor. What do you mean? He's one of my most faithful deacons. Every birthday, he remembers to bring me a gift. Christmas time, he gives me the biggest gift. Uh, when testimonies are out there, he's always standing up, and he's the first uh, to give a testimony of how much he loves his pastor. Well, pastor, behind your back, he's talking about you. He's cutting you down. He's gossiping about your family. He's telling other people that uh, you're not doctrinally sound, and that you've got all kinds of problems. I don't know that I believe that. I, I, and I've been, I've been there, honestly. And so then when I confront the guy, and then finally some of the stuff starts coming out. And they're out there. You have to watch out for them. And Satan plants them. And I've learned down through the years uh, that when people flatter you and they praise you and they give you gifts, watch out for them. I remember I had an older pastor tell me that one time, and I thought, well, what does he know? <laughs> Finally, I found out, well, he knows something because he's already been down that road. But, you know, they bring about their own ruin. You just stay faithful. If that happens to you, you just stay faithful. Satan wants to do everything that he can to destroy you. You think you have friends, and then in your time of need, you find out who your real friends are. Uh, Job found out who his real friends were. We don't need friends like Job had. And uh, the Bible put uh, that there for a reason to let us know that You've got friends like that, too. In your time of trouble, they're not there to encourage you. They're there to help you. They're there to tear you down. And not only are they going to tell you, tear you down, but they're going to do their best to tear down the confidence of others that may have any faith in you. And so <clears throat> they are bitter people. They're filled with abominations. But the Word of God makes a promise. Whatever stone they try to roll over on you, it's going to roll back on them. Whatever they set out to do to hurt you, eventually it's going to destroy them. You just stay faithful for the Lord. You just don't, get, don't take party in their bitterness. Don't allow it to affect you. Uh, you keep smiling. You keep serving the Lord. I've always made a special point when I know of someone that's bitter toward me, that despises me. Whenever I'm around that person, I treat that person with respect. I go to that. If I see them going across the street, they'll see me and they try to walk the other way. And I'll say, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, grab over there. How you doing there, brother? <laughs> Good to see you. I haven't seen you in church for a while. What's going on? And the whole time I know what's in their heart. Uh, but um, I want to pour coals of fire upon their head and bring conviction into their heart. 
I remember a pastor told me one time years ago, and he said, Pastor, remember this? When that happens to you and you got people out there in your congregation that's doing that to you, you find good things to say about them publicly while they're finding bad things to say about you behind your back. And you stand up there and say, now there's a brother back there that, that has been very faithful in certain areas, and I just want to commend him for his service for the Lord. Why don't we give him a big hand? And he said, the people are thinking, wow. You know, here the pastor, he doesn't say anything bad about that man, but that man's constantly cutting down the pastor. And usually that, that'll squelch it. And if anything, it'll bring those people out of the woodwork and they'll say, Pastor, you know, you were praising the guy the other day, but I, I, do you realize what he's saying about you? <laughs> and, of course, you can always be honest and say, well, yeah, I've heard a few things, but he's still a brother in Christ. And uh, we, don't, we want to see him grow in the Lord, and we'll just trust the Lord to take care of that issue. And so... <clears throat> With that being said, we're going to have a word of prayer, and we'll let you go home. Does that sound like a good plan? Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your word.